Welcome to Conversations with Z and Vindesh, a weekly discussion that explores common life challenges and offers practical solutions. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. That's D-H-A-R-M-A media.com. Welcome back, everyone, to this week's edition of Conversations. Z, we're continuing our conversation on the thresholds of humanity. And we talked in the last episode about all the ravages that we face in everyday living and how that puts us in a very inhumane state. So all the things that make us human, our connection to other people, our compassion, our recognition that we're part of a bigger whole, that goes out the window when we're being assaulted by the media. We're being assaulted by fear and panic. We're seeing violence all around us. We're polluting our minds. We're going crazy with anxiety and social media and drug use. And it puts us in a very feral state. So it's very important to have resilience of our humanity, resilience of our spirit, so that we can connect to the things that actually give life meaning and that we can feel happy, we can feel productive and vibrant. Now, in the last discussion, we talked a lot about the problems. We did talk a bit about the solutions, about how we can step away, how we can disengage, uh, make sure we're not escalating situations, how we can control the things that are feeding our minds and our bodies. But this time around, we wanted to extend that discussion and talk about additional solutions and this idea of gratitude and gratitude being an antidote to the ravages of humanity. And so we can think of gratitude, if we go back to that resilience comment, gratitude is something that increases our resilience. So even though we're under assault and we're seeing things decay around us, if we have that gratitude, we improve our threshold. It means that we can take more hits and we can still function. We can still go through this world without losing that critical sense of who we are. So that's where we want to pick up this week and talk about the different tiers of gratitude uh, so, Z, I'll hand it over to you. Uh, give us the rundown. Um, what, what are these different tiers of gratitude that we should be thinking about? Well, I refer to all of those tiers as pillars. Like, if you see gratitude as a, as a, as a statue or an icon, what holds it up? What, what keeps us in grace? And for one is the rejection of entitlement. So every day you get up and you say, hey, I got another chance at this. I'm grateful for this opportunity. You, 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 you often hear when people said they thank somebody for giving me a chance. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. We used to go to a new job and you would send a letter to the hiring department. They, I don't know if they do it anymore, but you would say, hey, thanks for hiring me. Thanks for giving me a chance. Or you would go to somebody that you knew in life and you'd say, thanks for believing in me. And then you're quiet of your own self. You get up, you sit on the edge of your bed, you start your new days. Thank you, I, can get, I get another shot at this. So we're gratitude for that. Then as you prepare yourself to enter the world, you have the people that love you around you. And you're undeserving of their love. None of us deserve love. It is granted upon, it's graced upon us. Thank you for loving me. And what if there's no one around you, but you have people that think about you and check in on you, or people that you're headed to your job or your work, and maybe you're in service, and people are really grateful for you being there. And you're just a helpless sinner, a hopeless sinner, whatever. But people like you and they love you. So be grateful for that. You walk around and you can, you're able-bodied or you're competent in your body. Uh, you don't need a lot of things going on to keep you getting through the day. Just be grateful for reasonably good health, right? 
You got food in your belly. You got, you got some fight in your heart. Be grateful for that. It's real simple. And that humbles you at the same time because we are, we are entitled to nothing. Now, in order to save yourself, rejection, rejecting entitlements of all kinds is very important to keep you healthy and well mentally and keep you working physically. Also, understanding the, why there are healthy boundaries and being careful not to breach the etiquette, the protocols, and the courtesies associated with boundaries. And here's where it gets difficult. If you have children in the home, there should be a boundary with your children and you and your partner uh, raising the children. The roles you play, if you're the classical father, mother, the mother's the bearer of culture, the father is the bearer of order. Real simple. I know that if you're into kind of the new world and stuff, none of this stuff matters. So just fast forward. But in that case, mothers have a certain way of raising children. Statistically has shown that in family dynamics, a, two, a healthy two-parent household has the best outcome for people maturing into adulthood to be mentally healthy. A healthy two-parent household. Well, what is the second best thing? The second best thing is a single father raising children has the single best outcome. The least best outcome is a single woman raising children. It's not a competition between men and women. It's just what are the tools you give a person when nobody's around. The father tends to be better at giving tools to the offspring of surviving adversity and mental emotional challenges, dealing with rejection and so forth. And so we want to appreciate that, not really argue the point, not really fight it. It is really cold-blooded data and we can nuance it in different ways and I'm sure there's some outlying exceptions, but in general. So ideally, you and your partner work really well together and play healthy roles. Think about in your own life when your parents had healthy boundaries when they don't. You don't want to walk in on your parents having an orgy with the neighbors. That's very traumatic for kids. You need to have boundaries of privacy. You don't want them to have good memories of you shit-faced drunk. That's always going to end up in a therapy chair later on in life. You don't want them to witness a lot of yelling and screaming. They can see the parents having healthy discourse, and that teaches them conflict resolution with an intimate partner. That's okay, but when you guys start swinging at each other and it involves gunplay, that person will end up in the therapy office trying to just get through their day. Um, order is order. Um, I think about years ago, a woman told me a funny story that her dad had never seen her mother not well put together, meaning that whatever she had done, she had created boundary with her husband where he only saw her at her best. And the father was all over the mother all the time after 40 years of marriage. And that's healthy boundaries, whether we like it or not. There were many people, different cultures have different ways of doing it. So I'm just using that as an example. I'm not saying that's the only way to do it. But when you're talking about the pillars of gratitude and being able to maintain a certain level of decorum in a healthy life and healthy mindset. 
Uh, different cultures have different issues with child rearing and birthing. I'm from a culture that's somewhat matrilineal, so I've delivered all my children. They used to warn men, don't go and deliver your children because you will see your wife's innards spread open and you will feel inadequate for the rest of your life. That is not the feeling I got. I think some cultures feel that when you see a 10-pound, 22-inch baby come out of your wife and you realize that you are not um, imposing your manhood on her in any way. That messes with some people's heads. It depends on how you were raised. I use that as, as just an example. So what I'm saying is that have boundaries that work for you. Have cultural, social, intimate boundaries that work for you, and it helps you maintain gratitude. When you breach a lot of those boundaries, and I use the, now, the, the, the kids, for example, you find that couples are fighting over the right way to raise their kids. That can be very destructive for the couple, and it could be damaging to the kids as they age. Also, when you have friends and partners, there's always an orbit of people you have. So ideally, in our relationship, we have an earth-moon relationship with our intimate partner, a close orbit, and then everything else hovers around that. You have a central orbit or you, with the sun, your solar system is your community, the micro-community that you've created, and all the planets represent the peoples and the companies and the families that are involved in that. And as long as we keep those harmonies, uh, there are harmony, there's harmony in the world. There's this nice flow. And then you sit back and you look at how wonderful that works and you're grateful, just as if you would sit on a beach in Hawaii and look off into eternity and say, wow, I'm alive, this is beautiful. That's a moment of gratitude. You don't have to go to a faraway place to do that. You can do that in your everyday life. And most of us don't do that. We feel entitled. Entitlement re robs you of gratitude because you're sitting there with somebody, they care about you, and you say, hey, you know, I deserve it. I'm almost too good for them. I'm doing a favor being with them. Well, that's entitlement, and you will soon feel the ravages of that on your mental health, your emotional health, and your social health. So those are simple things we can do. Um, courtesy, uh, boundaries help us solidify gratitude, and then we do practices of gratitude. Start your day nice, try and end it nice, um, little things like that when you're in the safety of your own space in your own community. The ex outside world does not care about you. It does not love you. Uh, outliers in your universe are there to oftentimes take more than they give back. So be very aware of that. It's not done maliciously. It is the physics of nature. It represents centrifugal and centripetal forces of nature. So outliers in your life have a limited exposure to them energetically. The people who are in there that nurture you save your energy for them and you will be less likely to go insane. You follow me, Vin? Yeah, I like the framework you've laid out, the courtesy, the boundaries, and just the gratitude, the feeling of being alive. And I feel like they all work hand in hand because to have that perspective of gratitude, my view is you need a certain amount of tranquility because to be grateful, you need to be present. You need to be connected to whatever you're feeling grateful for. Like, ah, it's great to be alive. I wake up in the morning. I feel the sun shining down on me. I inhale the air. 
I've got to actually experience what that is. I've got to feel that sunshine. I've got to feel my lungs expand. I've got to move around a little bit. But doing that in a state where there are constant arguments and there's tension, and you're getting riled up about trivial arguments, it just doesn't work because your mind is somewhere else. So I think it becomes very hard to be grateful if you don't have the other two pillars Z that you mentioned, uh, the courtesy and the boundaries. Uh, If you lack the courtesy, then you're walking into situations and you're creating conflict uh, for no reason, maybe inadvertently, but you're just causing problems where none exist. Uh, If you don't have boundaries, same sort of thing. You're letting issues from one area spill into another. You're exposing people to certain things that maybe they're not prepared to handle. Uh, you talk about the types of friends that you want and you've got the dead body and the trunk friend where you can tell them anything and they'll help you throw away the body that uh, you just killed (laughs) the person. Uh, I guess if you take out a homeless person who's irritating you, you call up your friend who you can tell anything to and they'll help you out. But you got other friends who might be appalled with that and they'd call the police. So you got to know what the boundaries are. Or do you think about relationships uh, with with parents, uh, for instance? They want to see certain sides of you. They see you in a certain way. You don't want to freak them out. You don't want to alter their reality. And if you do that, it leads to that conflict. So it, I think it's a very nice framework, Z, because you can think of it as a triangle with all of these pieces working together. The courtesy and the boundaries are what keeps your mind clear, uh, what keeps the obstacles away. And that really opens you up and allows you to experience that gratitude and feel thankful uh, for, for my God. We're here on this journey, and we don't know how long it's going to last, but it's so improbable. It's so incredible. There's so much change. There's so much opportunity. There's so much love that we can tap into. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy it, and I'm going to miss it when I'm gone. Even the painful moments, even the times that I'm sick, just the act of feeling uh, the times that I'm heartbroken, feeling that pain, you can imagine if you weren't here on this planet or you knew that it was your last day and you look back on your life, you actually might have a fondness for those more difficult times uh, just because they represent part of life's, life's experience. They contribute to the whole. So having, having that really broad perspective, pulling yourself back from the minutia and losing yourself in the experience, uh, to me is beautiful. But Uh, To your point, Z, you need the other two pieces working in harmony so that you're keeping your mind clear. So when you're talking, that's how I understand it. I don't know if that's what you were trying to get across or if there's anything you want to add. That's definitely it. But I want to drive something home. I want to, for all of our folks out there, I want us to think about this. So we see that the statistics for suicide is way up, right? And before there's suicide, there are many self-destructive behaviors, attempts, and deep depression that people go through before it ends up in a calculatable death where you can say, okay. So what pulls a person from the edge? When you think about people who survive suicide attempts or they are talked off of the ledge, so to say, what does it for them? What is the thing that goes deep? Well, first they got there because there was an entitlement. Uh, uh, They didn't get something they felt entitled to. Here comes entitlement again. It's always the devil, entitlement. 
The next thing is, and I'm simplifying, and I know people maybe have gone through this experience and know so I went through it. I'm simplifying it just for the time constraint we have. But having a deep sense of connection, a sense of duty, a sense of being adored, and a sense of having purpose walks people back from the edge. And we don't need to go to the edge to just let people know. I make it a point to speak to certain people every day or every other day or quite often who are in a certain orbit. My nephew's going through a lot of stuff with a divorce and child custody. I make it a point to just check in with him. I have a buddy, uh, Phil Wong. Sometimes we just call and have small talk. And if I'm going through something or if he's going through something, we can really open a heart. And then let's say it gets into the, the dark parts of your soul, the cave of your soul. Is there somebody you can up, open up to who understands you and will just listen? And then whatever they share with you may not be the most logical thing, but it's the most loving thing. You say, okay, I can, I can do this. I can get through this lonely time. I can get through this sad time. I can make my way through the forest. I can walk a few more steps hungry. So making sure that you have gratitude and nurture those relationships are very important. Even if it's with yourself, make sure you do that. And be humble enough to know that, as we spoke in our last episode there, we're under a lot of assault in this era, a lot of materialism, a lot of inconsequential things. And every day, millions of people go to the grave. And those people are free. There's no worry. There's no memory for them. There's nothing, as far as we know. But do you think about who they left behind? I see people, uh, there's a graveyard near one of the PT places. I see people who have lawn chairs sitting at a grave, talking to their loved one who is no longer there. That's what's left behind. So for us, the living, when we're here, <clears throat> can we take a little energy out, slap our ego in the face, hit it with the left hook, look around and say, I'm grateful. Thank you for being in my life. It's not always easy. It's not always happy but it's always living. You're not sitting on a lawn chair talking through eternity to the, to the last person you loved. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> you have people right here. That helps. But another thing, knowing that every day you did something significant and of service, you have a sense of purpose. Still, it could be difficult, but dying is easy. Living is hard. So we walk in gratitude. Simple gratitude. Don't have to be theatrical. I went out today and um, just took a walk out to the beach and back. Just breathe. I came back and I told Kayla, that felt good. Just to be in the sun. Just to breathe. With all the worries and the weight of running the business and building these projects we're working on. And all the grief and the toxic stress that goes with it. I'm grateful that we're all working together and that we're headed somewhere at whatever pace we're headed that way. And so in this, this day, in this moment, I'm grateful and I'm glad to be here. 
When you don't have that, you're going down that road that far too many people are going down. But let's be humble about it. Let's be aware that no one escapes these feelings. Somebody tells you they're happy all the time, they're lying. Life is, has no texture if it's just one way all the time. You're happy because you know sadness. You're sad because you know what happy is. It's real simple. And so working on those pillars of gratitude, um, rejecting entitlement, and working on your observation ability to step back away from yourself while you're going through a mood, while you're having a bad day, while you're overwhelmed, still watch the function like a good pilot of an aircraft has their emergency checklist. And when that airplane is in distress, they don't panic, they don't stop and pray, they don't yell and scream, they go over the emergency checklist. They are being the dispassionate observer so that if they follow that checklist, the probabilities of them being safe and saving the souls on board that aircraft is much greater. It's when you throw the checklist away and you go with your emotions and your feelings. Be grateful for the people in your life and let them know. Don't assume they know. Listen to people. Not what you want to hear, but the things you don't want to hear. Build new neurological maps in your brain, new neural pathways in your brain by doing things a little different, right? These trends, these, a lot of these contemporary trends, I don't say modern trends, because they're failed trends that have been tried before. People taking for granted the people in their life with this entitlement thing. Plotting, scheming, it's a waste of time. Uh, avoiding, again, as we said in last episode, avoiding nonsense. One of the best ways of avoiding nonsense is just doing your personal Aikido. You start talking to somebody, they start ranting some of these crazy philosophies that are out there now that aren't founded in anything other than uh, toxic foods, poor sourcing of your nutrition, lack of exercise and study. J just don't, don't, don't talk to the patients in the asylum. Just wish them well and keep moving. Just keep moving. Do not argue with people in a mental institution. Do not do that. They won't know who to let out, okay? So stick to your own, develop yourself. And that's my thought on it, Vin. You got anything else? Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, no, I had you on mute. I was talking, but no one was hearing me. <laughs> so I was saying some really profound stuff, but let me pick up again. So as you're talking, Z, about gratitude, you're talking about relationships, I feel like perspective is incredibly important. And having that perspective is really what can create the gratitude because uh, it's so easy to get lost in what's happening day to day. We talked about all of the shooting events and how people just see red. And in the moment, they that's their only reality. They need to lash out. They need to satisfy this urge. And they lose the bigger picture about whether this is even important. Is it worth throwing my life away for? Is it worth inflicting this harm on someone else uh, to satisfy whatever emotion I'm going through? When that emotion is transient, it's not real. You know, it comes and it goes. But having that perspective, being able to step away from the situation, it solves that problem. Uh, it solves the problem in relationships where we tend to focus on the small details. Uh, we pick apart the things that we don't like about a particular person. 
we lose the fact that we've got love. We have someone who, despite their faults, their good points, their bad points, they're here for us. They're supporting us. They're doing us a service. Uh, we get caught up in the daily anxiety and the grind and the struggles, and we lose perspective of the fact that we're here for for just a minute, for a short amount of time. And when we get to the end of our life, are we going to look back and say that we lived the way we wanted to, that we appreciated the times that we had, or did we just waste it churning through all of the the detritus of the mind? Uh, so th that's the only thing I would add, Z. I mean, I think that gratitude framework, the three-pillar framework is spot on. Um, and it, really having that dispassionate perspective that uh, we're always talking about uh, is maybe what holds all of that gratitude together. Yeah, so let us practice that. And whatever we're going through, uh, humble ourselves, be a little grateful. Life is fragile and short. We're living through interesting times. Let's take the middle path. Be the dispassion observer. Work on your personal Aikido so you don't get into discussions and arguments with people who are uh, literally insane. Um, maybe it's not their fault, but there's nothing you can do for them. Um, but you can avoid them to the best of your ability, even if they're family members. Protect yourself at all times. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podbean, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting app. Each five-star review helps us bring you more unique and insightful content. Learn more at dharmamedia.com. Peace.